Folks, what's better than beating the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, I can tell you it's not losing to them. A 4-1 defeat for the Jets after a 4-1 loss to the Montreal Canadiens uh, a little bit ago. It, it's not been a fun week of Jets hockey. Some bad habits are creeping back in, and Winnipeg is starting to find out just how much it needs to be a little bit more competitive uh, come playoff time. So we'll dive into the, the Jets game against the Leafs and how this might shape the rest of the season on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Jets fans. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. Thank you for joining Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, obviously, you know, we just saw Winnipeg lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a bit of a tough game, and we're going to dive into that shortly. Before we get started, though, just wanted to say thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, circling back to the Jets, obviously, Winnipeg has had uh, maybe a, a less than stellar week of hockey, not been the most exciting of times, falling to Montreal with a very poor effort, and then falling to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, with the same scoreline, actually 4 to 1. But this game didn't quite have the same poor effort, right? In general, the Jets pretty much dominated most of this game, uh, I would say about maybe 60% of it, and really controlled the play, but thanks to unluckiness, um, some poor finishing, Ilya Samsonov apparently turning into Connor Hellebuck, and a couple of Jets' mental mistakes and some sloppy play from the, the star players, the Jets found themselves on the wrong end of the scoreline, which, you know, I guess we can't really be upset about because... Uh, in years past, Winnipeg used to do this to opponents, and now it's more like they're decent enough to where uh, opponents occasionally goalie us, even though you know the Jets are are the stronger team. So, I guess my big my big takeaway from Winnipeg's performance is that you know the Jets are certainly not afraid of strong teams and strong rosters uh, like Toronto. But you know the thing we've been talking about for months, ever since the off season, was that the Jets just as a roster, right, as a full lineup even when fully healthy, it's just not that amazing of a combination of talent. Um, you you have a couple of phenomenal players in guys like Shifley, Dubois, Ehlers, Connor, Morrissey, Hellebuck, uh, Perfetti, of course, uh, you know, Wheeler when he was in his prime, but you start going down the depth and you're starting to notice a lot of guys are struggling to keep pace. Uh, Lowry has not really been offensively effective for the past few weeks. Uh, Manalainen is mostly just there kind of doing stuff. Not a lot of it is is very productive, unfortunately. Uh, Gagne, I think, has probably been among the best of the bottom six players, uh, but, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of support when, you know, Stenland and, uh, you know, Coleman and a few other guys are, are de definitely out there doing stuff, but I, I don't know that it's really helping the Jets win these games. And I think that's where it's been 
really hard because if the top six, you know, goes a little bit dry, right? All of a sudden, Winnipeg's offense looks very muted. Um, without Shifley and Ehlers and Connor, uh, Dubois and the rest of them notching like five goals a night, you know, it's really hard to expect a lot of production from the third and fourth lines. And I'm not going to say that, you know, Harkins coming up or any of these other players that are currently in Winnipeg's system are going to solve that. I do think Jansen might be a better option than Menelainen, but he's also not great at a lot of the same things that Menelainen struggles with, especially defensively and in transition. So, I mean, the bottom line is the Jets' wing depth is just poor. Uh, past that top six, you're looking at a, a wing uh, group that's, by and large, pretty paint by the numbers. You have some really amazing star talent, but it just it dies off so quickly. And while you know a lot of the depth players have really punched above their weight, have tried to contribute and, and really work hard on every shift, that needed element of scoring skill just isn't there right now. And I think the Jets uh, have really been trying to figure out ways to get around it. And in this game, we saw uh, Bones come up with new lineups and things. He tried to sort of make things, I, I guess, seem less dire. You know, he had Barron, Shifley, uh, and Ehlers together at one point. But the reality is the Jets just need to make a trade. That That's you know, the, the end result of it for as many games as the Jets have won this year uh, and for as many opponents as, as they've scored quite a few markers against, you kind of notice it's a lot of the same cast of characters. And that might be true for a lot of teams, but the Jets have a much smaller top end cast of characters than a lot of the, of the like true top contenders. And so uh, I think this game, it's a really frustrating loss because it feels like the Jets were in a really good position to win, but they ended up falling short. And the stuff that they're falling short with, some of it is is poor behavior and, and sloppy plays and stuff. But by and large, I think the single biggest thing is just a lack of talent. Uh, we, we, we said that at the beginning of the year that there would probably be stretches where you'd ask yourself, where are the goals going to come from? Uh, especially if, say, Shifley or any of those other stars goes a little bit quiet. You need somebody else to really step up and take those reins. And the Jets just don't have that depth. I, I think Winnipeg, even at full strength, looks like a team that quite honestly, should not be in second place or even first place in the Central, right? Um, let alone first in the West. This is a Jets team that, on paper, looks decent, uh, maybe more of like a wild card squad. So the fact that they are where they are is phenomenal. It's a really big testament to how good Hellebuck has been, how good Bones uh, and the rest of the coaching staff have really uh, been to get this team motivated and playing uh, competent hockey again. But you're, you're seeing the limits of how far they can push this magical uh, Cinderella run. And I think the Jets really need to get aggressive over the next few weeks and start exploring, I guess, more serious trade options. And speaking of that, I, I don't want to kind of dive into a couple of players who have started, you know, coming back up in the in, in the press recently, some more specific names and, you know, what I think the Jets might be able to do in order to try and secure their services. We'll dive into one of my personal main favorite picks in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I don't want, did want to shout out our friends and partners that I mentioned at the start, BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're looking for the latest odds and trends for professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from college basketball to uh, NFL football. They've got your post-World Cup hangover cure with a return to domestic league action both in Europe and abroad. They've also got plenty of sports podcasts and articles. So if you want to take a step away from the betting side, you've got plenty of media content to dive into and make sure that you're plugged into your favorite sport 
24-7. But as always, they're still the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting odds and info in. So be sure to register right now for a free account at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device. It is free. And as always, BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these uh, uh, thoughts on Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We were just talking about a, a frustrating loss against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we were saying a couple of mistakes from some of Winnipeg's top stars ended up giving guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner easy goals. And then Toronto just kind of sat back and let the Jets really push. Uh, you know, the Leafs were not playing particularly well. Winnipeg dominated most of the game. But, you know, the the, the central focus of the takeaway is that the Jets just don't have enough scoring talent to supplement, you know, the lack of offense if, say, the top six goes a little bit quiet. And that kind of takes me to one of my main trade targets that I've really been thinking about recently, uh, and that is Timo Meyer. Friedman and a few others have been talking about Meyer as being uh, a player who may not actually get as much as Debrinkat did when he hit the trade market, which I think is an interesting assumption. Uh, Meyer is a little bit older and obviously uh, towards the end of all of that RFA, UFA stuff. So, you know, when Timo is looking for that big contract extension, I think his qualifying offer is already really, really high, like $10 million or something. So the Jets would be looking to lock him up long term. And I think that would be, for me, a phenomenal move. Because for one thing, we don't really know if Pierre-Luc Dubois is still intending to stick around. If Dubois goes, you know, suddenly you're losing one of the best players on the team. And trying to imagine replacing him, honestly, is not a thought that I really want to have right now. My, my main hope is that Dubois has kind of seen uh, how tight-knit this team is, how much they've really turned the ship around under Bones, and how things kind of feel like they're finally moving in the right direction, and that has convinced him to stay. But, you know, he, he was recently, uh, I think in Montreal, doing some uh, charity work and stuff, and that, for me, makes me think that he's still thinking about, you know, going back home. And I, I totally understand that. I respect it. And I think that's totally fine if he does. Uh, but for the Jets, right, obviously not ideal. It's going to be very hard to try and, and tackle that question of who you bring in. And a guy like Meyer is probably one of the few players that I think would really have that level of impact and playmaking ability. He is definitely one of the most talented NHL skaters out there. He's got a great shot. His passing is there. His uh, elusiveness in space is phenomenal. Timo just kind of does it all. And I think, you know, if you're looking at a contract extension, right, a lot of players have maybe been looking, you know, towards the longer term uh, escrow and cap hit situation and realizing that getting that guaranteed money now is is probably the best bet. Uh, and I think for Timo, if you got him for like seven years at, I don't know, eight million, eight and a half million, that's a great contract. Like Timo Meyer is going to be phenomenal for the next four to five years. He might start to tail off as he hits, you know, 31, maybe 32. But the reality is at that point, the Jets core is already starting to turn over and Meyer might not even be around for the end of that. So I think for me, if if I'm the Jets, there's not a lot that I'm not willing to give up for, for Timo Meyer if it comes with an extension. As a rental, I'm less interested. I think Meyer, for me, would be the kind of player that uh, I really want to keep around long term. You could potentially like bring him in, and if he doesn't want to stay, trade his rights. But I think the reality is, if you're trading for Meyer, the intention is a long-term contract. And if the Jets know that ahead of time, that makes the decision a lot easier and a lot more straightforward. But if they don't know that, 
you know, you start to run into some bigger questions about uh, what is the best path forward. But for me, you know, looking at all of the available options, I mean, there's there's Connor Garland, who I think uh, would be an interesting fit for the Jets. Garland is kind of one of those middle six to uh, maybe like upper end second liner types. He's got, you know, similar elusiveness. He's a bit of a pest. I would kind of describe him as like Marshan light. And I think with the Jets, he would be a really good fit, especially in place of Wheeler or something. Uh, you could bump him up to the top six or the third line and run potentially three really good scoring lines. But either way, you know, Garland definitely has a cap hit that's not small, I would say. Uh, and he's also got some serious term, right? And it sounds like Vancouver is trying to dump his contract. So in that respect, I think it wouldn't actually take that much to get him. Besser, another player that I think the Jets probably would have some interest in. Brock is a bit of a gamble, and he's got a really big cap hit. But the thing with him is that if he goes to another team, you know, having already put up decent career numbers so far, I think the Jets would be a really good landing spot if he's trying to rebound and turn his career around. Now, whether the Jets want to be that team to do that, I don't know, uh, especially with a somewhat checkered injury history. But at the end of the day, Winnipeg really needs to find goal-scoring ability. I don't know that Garland is necessarily... Uh, a guy who's going to be that kind of finisher. I think he's going to be a really good promoter of offense. I don't know if he's going to raise the shooting percentage of his line. Uh, with Besser, I think he potentially could, uh, but I, I don't know what his shooting ability is like these days and how often he's converting. Um, but, you know, looking more at at uh, Meyer, we all know Meyer is just good at everything. So he's kind of like the dream scenario. Uh, I would not be surprised if the package for him involved a couple of prospects, a couple of picks, and not small ones either. I'm sure a first is in there somewhere, maybe a second rounder, um, and like a, a prospect or two. I know that they were saying he's going to be cheaper than Debrinket and all, but I I don't know. I have a hard time seeing that. But, you know, maybe I'm surprised. Maybe the trade package for Meyer isn't quite as extravagant. The Jets have been listed as a potential suitor and maybe a potential fit, even if it's not the most natural one. Uh, for me, I would love it. I think it would be phenomenal. It would be like a dream come true. Uh, I love Timo. I think he's a phenomenal player, but I know that in many ways there's a, a likelihood that Timo may not be super interested in committing to the Jets. So something to keep an eye on, but you know, all hope is not lost. Maybe Winnipeg can pull a rabbit out of its hat and convince him to join longer term. Now, in a little bit, I do want to dive into uh, some interesting thoughts about the direction of the team as it is right now in terms of like the on-ice performance and maybe some signs that things are, are not so good with the Jets, uh, despite the you know, past couple of weeks that have been pretty strong. Maybe some bad habits and things that I think the Jets really need to kind of rein back in and get away from. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Bill. A lot of you have heard me talk about Bill before, and if you're not really familiar, they've got this wonderful uh, protein bar that's called the Bill Bar. And what's great about Bill Bars are that you know they're covered in 100% real chocolate, they've got soft, chewy interiors, and they are really friggin' delicious. They've got amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and they taste like their real counterparts. What's awesome is that they're really healthy too. You know, most are clocking in at maybe 130 calories, uh, four to six grams of net carbs, and like anywhere from 14 to 17 grams of protein. So this is great for like a meal replacement, maybe uh, a snack before you hit the gym, or just a snack in general, right? You want that candy bar flavor, but you don't want all of the fat and calories that come with it. And that's why Built Bars are awesome. 
Best of all, you can also just go to like a Walmart or a Sam's Club. They've got four bar and 13 bar boxes, respectively, giving you a nice sampling of different flavors and top sellers. Or you can just go to Built.com right now and place an order for Built Bars to get a, you know, a personalized selection of what you want and to try some of their most popular base flavors. I highly recommend it. I think you'll love it and you'll agree with me. So head on over to Built.com right now and pick up your order of Built Bars. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just going to wrap up really quickly with some thoughts on uh, some things recently that we've been seeing with Winnipeg that are, are, are maybe kind of concerning. I wouldn't say like panic button or anything, but just some habits and, and moments where I think the Jets would probably not be happy with their performance. Uh, recently, we've been seeing, seeing them kind of turning the puck over a little more frequently, uh, especially unforced errors and bad passes. That's always been an issue with this team, but I feel like especially uh, with the Jets trying to chase the game, we've seen some really silly stuff like, you know, against the Leafs on that one power play that Marner scored shorthanded. Um, Shifley's coming in through the neutral zone, and there's already like a two or three man stack there guarding it, right? Dubois is kind of on the right wing, pushing into uh, the offensive zone, just barely staying on side. And Shifley just tries to dangle around like two or three skaters. And I don't know if he was like in the middle of a pass or something, but he immediately gets picked off and Marner streaks in for a goal. This after Shifley had already tried to go for like a stick check on Austin Matthews earlier in the game. And instead he got completely posterized and uh, Matthews scored the opening goal. So yeah, just one of those things where the Jets have these habits and moments where you can see, you understand they're pushing for the goal. You understand what they're going for, but it's it's poor execution. And I think the Jets would agree with that. You know, I think Bones hasn't really been happy with the way things are going. I think that's why he really juggled the lineups recently. I know that the Jets won a few games over the weekend, uh, but you look at how they won it, right? They were probably a little bit fortunate to beat Buffalo. The Pens game was very convincing, uh, but I will say that the Pens recently have been kind of bad, uh, especially relative to their standards. Um, and then the Yotes game was just not great. Uh, actually, at times it was kind of bad. Um, and then the the Habs game, Winnipeg was just awful. No two ways around it. They were just bad, bad, bad. This game, I, I would say the effort was there. Everything you know, offensively was close. Uh, you could say that the Jets were probably unlucky and got goalied, but I think it just highlights when Winnipeg's mental mistakes occur. It's always in really dangerous areas. The Jets uh, end up conceding and, and really getting punished for it. And Winnipeg has got to find a way to kind of clamp down on those moments. I think this team has a lot of potential. I think it's come a long way. But there's still a couple of moments where you see uh, what the Jets still are in many respects kind of creeping through. And those habits aren't going to go away. It's going to take time. And I think in the span of a season, we've already seen a lot of change. But I think in order for the Jets to kind of move past it this year, they definitely have to change the roster composition. A lot of the way this team is currently built only um, emphasizes what is wrong when they're under pressure and the mistakes that they make. So hopefully Chevy is listening. I think he's going to be more aggressive this year than we're used to, but that's also just me hoping. Uh, let me know if you think the Jets are going to make trades and if you think that they will treat the next few weeks as a really big uh, testing period. Drop your thoughts in the comments below on who you think the Jets might be after, who you think the Jets will actually end up with, and your predictions for uh, what this team lineup might look like in a few weeks. But, of course, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day, and do hope that you enjoyed enough to subscribe. 
We will see you tomorrow with some fan feedback on how they feel the season is going so far uh, and get some, you know, ratings and stuff for the coaching staff, how the the front office is doing and all of that. But like I said, for tonight's episode, that's all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.